This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Hey, we are in a series called Simply Jesus. Um, I feel like the Lord has just had his hand on this series. Um, It's just one of these series that I personally love. I think God is really behind this series. And we're just talking in this series about putting Jesus first in everything that we do. Last week, we talked about having a solid foundation in Jesus, making sure that our foundation isn't built Uh, on the sand, but our foundation is built on the truth of who Christ Jesus is. And so we're going to kind of continue that kind of talk today. We're looking at the Beatitudes today, and uh, we're going to kind of jump into it. You know, one of the things that I believe in having a solid foundation in our life, and and, and I want to make this abundantly clear, When, when we buy a house or we build a house one of the very first things that we do is what? We check out the foundation because we got to make sure there's no cracks. We got to make sure that there's no structural damage. We got to make sure that if we're going to buy this house or we're going to build this house, that the foundation is settled, it's right, so that we can build a beautiful home. And the same thing happens in our relationship with Jesus. Jesus wants to build a beautiful home inside of you. The Word of God says in the book of Ephesians that he wants to come and settle into our hearts. Does that make sense? He wants relationship with us. He wants to settle into our hearts so that he can build a home through you, okay? But the reality is this. So many of us build a home with Jesus based not through our relationship with Jesus, but really based through what we would just call tradition in church, right? We just have a lot of traditions that we grow up in church and a lot of things that we do because it's just church and this is just how we do it. And it really has nothing to do with having a real solid, firm foundation in Christ Jesus. And so in this series, we're trying to get to the root of this. How do we build the house that God wants to build in our lives. And one of the things that I am just really, truly passionate about right now, and especially if you are young in here, all right, if you are under 25, raise your hand, under 25. Yes, love this. Thank you, Vernon. I, 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 yes, in Jesus' name, Vernon, you are, yes, I, I agree, I agree. You know, something that is just so popular right now in culture, is this idea that if I feel something, it's got to be truth, right? I mean, it's just kind of what we hear all the time in media and culture and our surroundings, that if I feel this, there has to be truth to what I'm feeling. And if I feel it long enough, And if I continue to have the urge, and if I continue to have the desire, and if I continue to have these thoughts, and if I continue to feel this long enough, then there has to be truth to it, and it has to be who I truly am inside. Because it's something that I feel. It's an impulse. It's a desire. It's something that I feel in my heart. If I feel it long enough, it has to be truth, and I have to build my foundation of my life upon what I feel. You know, right now, it's like hashtag do you, 
you know? Hashtag do what you feel. Hashtag be you. And it's almost like right now, if we don't follow our feelings, if we don't follow what the desires and the impulses are in my heart, then I'm not being true to myself. And if I'm not being true to myself, then I'm not really authentic in this life. And everybody wants to be authentic, and everybody wants to be real, and everybody wants to be the best version of themselves. Gosh, if I just hear that one more time, like, the best version of me, like, well, what is the best version of me? Who defines what the best version of me is? Who defines what the best version of you is? And we live in this culture right now that this is popular. It is super scary right now. Super scary to think that a whole generation is growing up with this thought of just follow whatever you feel. Whatever you think. Whatever you feel at the moment. Sounds good. I do what I want, when I want, how I want, with who I want. You know what's interesting is this, is we think that this is just a young thing, okay? Because there's a bunch of us that are a little older, a little more seasoned in life, and we think, oh, man, this is just, you know, this young generation, this 2019 generation. But the reality is, the truth is, we do the same thing. We just hide it a little bit more. We just disguise it a little bit better, you know? But still, at the core of who we are, we're like, man, I just don't feel that right now. You know, the Bible says this about this topic. In Jeremiah 17, verse 9, it says this, the heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is deceitful above all things. Listen, when me and Michael, this is Michael, my oldest son. He's up here on the front row, okay? He's shaking his head. He's just so upset at me right now. But when me and Michael have conversations about finding a wife someday, the conversation is never, hey, Michael, just follow your heart. Hey, Michael, just follow whatever you feel in your heart. Just follow whatever is in your heart for this girl. No, the conversations that me and Michael have about finding his wife someday is pretty much based in the idea of, number one, does she really, truly love Jesus above all things? Is she full of the Holy Spirit? Is she going to be a person that's going to run after her desires, or is she going to be a person that's going to run after Jesus' desires? It's all about true foundation. But the question is, what is truth? Right? Like, where do we find truth? And for us as a community of people and a community of believers, what do we believe is truth? What is our foundation? Because Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things, and it's extremely sick. Who can understand it fully, and who knows its secret motives? Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 says this, My people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. Meaning this, that God has truth for our everyday life. And God is the ultimate authority of how we should live out every single day of our life. You know, I'm really excited. You know, I've been praying and just seeking the Lord about the remainder of 2019. And, you know, one of the things that that I keep hearing from the Lord is I didn't bring you to this house. I didn't bring you to this property. I didn't bring you to this land. I didn't bring you to this place so that you could just maintain. 
Does anybody ever understand that? When God gives you increase, he gives you increase for a reason. So God's brought us to this place in this region, this time, this hour for a divine reason. So then it's my job to petition the Lord and say, Lord, why are we here? Why have you put us here? Why are we here at this moment in this time in this place? And I really think that God has put us here because Jesus has answers to everyday life. Okay? Jesus has answers to everyday problems. And the reality is this, is that people that need Jesus aren't coming up to you asking you about, hey, tell me about the cross. You know, like, tell me about how Jesus was whipped on the cross. Tell me about how he was nailed to the cross. No, they're coming to you, and they're talking to you about their messed up relationships, right? They're coming to you, and they're talking to you about their messed up finances. They're coming to you, and they're talking to you about everyday lives. And Jesus goes, my people perish. Why? Because they just don't know the truth. And they're living by what? Feelings. And emotions, this is how the world is driven. And my people die because of a lack of knowledge. This happens all the time in marriage. You know what's really interesting about marriage in 2019? I recently had a wedding that somebody asked me to do. And a part of their vows, they wanted to put this line into their vows. They said, I want to read it correctly. They said, in their vows, they want to do this. They want to say, I will love you as long as the love lasts. I will love you as long as the love lasts. I'm like, man, that would have been like, that would have been like a week for me and Jess, you know, like back in the day. You know, I mean, it was about a week, and I was like, wow, you leave the bathroom really messy. I'm not used to this. I don't know about this, you know. This is our culture. It's what we're living in. We got to let God be truth. Hosea said, my people perish. Listen, I see this all the time, and especially as it comes to the realm of relationship and marriage. Die because of a lack of understanding truth about what God says a marriage should look like. Let me, let me give you an example of this. Okay? Put up that first picture. Isn't my wife beautiful? Isn't she great? Give it up for Jessica, everybody. Come on. Get loud. All right. So this is me and Jess a few weeks ago on a date, okay? On a date, okay? If you're a husband in here, raise your hand real high, high, okay? okay? A date. Listen, I want to harp on something for a second that I believe is truth. Date night matters, Okay, date night matters. When me and Jess were young and we were just just newly married, you know, like, I think it's just a natural thing to be like, I'm going to chase my wife, we'll get engaged, we get married, and then what? It's like, I've won. You know what I mean? Like, I, I won. I won the prize. You know what I mean? She's mine forever, you know? I think it's just natural, especially men, to not pursue their wives and to not pursue their relationships. And I think this is not the heart of God at all. 
And when we were young, we just got married. I remember we had this awesome family in our life, Rich and Ann Homrich. They were actually here a couple weeks ago. They still live in Michigan. They come down and see us every once in a while. And I remember, I remember Richard would say to me, he'd be like, when are you going on a date with Jess? And I was like, I don't know. Like, we have a kid, and we're poor. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, who's going to watch the kid? And I, we have no money, you know? Like, I, I don't know when we're going to go on a date. And he was like, no, that's, that's, not, that's not an answer. And I remember he just instilled into me. This wasn't like the pastor of our church or anybody on staff. This was just somebody in our church that knew the power of a date night. It knew that if I continually dated my wife and pursued my wife, that we would have a healthy relationship someday. And I remember he would tell me, he'd be like, listen, a date night can be anything. You guys can go on a walk. You guys can go to McDonald's. You guys can get some ice cream. A date night can be literally anything. So a couple weeks ago, me and Jess, we go on a date. Why? Because someday all my children will be out of my house. I love my children, okay? Michael, the other day, was like, hey, can I move out of the house when I'm 17 and live at the Liberty Center? And we we're like, no. In Jesus' name, we rebuke that. He, he, he loves the idea of being by himself, and I get it. He has two little brothers that annoy him. So, But we love our children, but we know that someday, what? They're going to leave. And someday, it's going to be just me and Jess in that house. And when that day comes... I fully intend that me and Jess still like each other. I fully intend that we still enjoy each other. I fully intend that we still like going on dates. Okay? But that just doesn't happen someday. That happens, why? Because I pursue my wife when I'm 38. So I continue to pursue her when I'm 60. Amen? Okay. So, wisdom can come from the Lord constantly about anything in our life. The Holy Spirit, look, this night happened because we had just come out of a really busy season. Okay. We had just bought the church. We moved personally. We had a remodel of the building. Trust me, a relationship can get strained pretty quickly, right? One day in the shower, Holy Spirit's like, I'm like, God, what's wrong? He's like, you need a date night. Pursue your wife. Put her first. Stop putting your job first. I get an amen for that. Don't put your job first. Put your wife first. So we go on a date. Holy Spirit's pretty good at his job, isn't he? Okay? So we go on a date. And what do I write? My beautiful date, Jessica Workmeister, I love you. Okay? Now, I'm on this date, and when I'm on this date, what do you think I feel for my wife? Just joy. Okay? Like, honest to God, I love just time with me and her. We just have a lot of fun. We just laugh. We are goofy. We have a rule. We don't talk about church. We don't talk about you, okay? We just, we just find goofy things and have fun, and we love spending time together, okay? So on this day, I feel what? Just overwhelming love and affection for my wife, correct? Okay, if 
Put up the next picture, okay? No, 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 not that picture. The other one. It's the other one. Yes, okay. So how many of you know what last Sunday was? Anybody know what last Sunday was? Father's Day, yes. So, okay, so Father's Day, last Sunday. This is not a picture from Father's Day, okay? Because we have no good pictures from last Father's Day in Jesus' name, okay? Why? Because we are naming last Sunday the Father's Day Massacre of 2019 in the Workmeister house, okay? It was just, it was, I'll, I'll just be honest, it was, a, it was a bad day. I mean, it was, it was like a perfect storm. We were busy. We had basketball. There was some lunch plans got mixed up. I felt kind of dishonored that day. It was just, it was just a crazy day, and it ended up, you know, any married people understand what I'm talking about? It just ended up with one of those days where you're like, can we erase this day from history? You know what I mean? Like, at one point, at one point, by the end of the night, Michael had a basketball game at like 8 o'clock at night. I mean, so it's like 9.30. We're, we're at Two Cities Pizza by ourselves. Literally nobody else is there. It's the end of the day, okay? And I'm, I'm with Michael and Ben and Luke, and I'm like, Ben, where's mom? And he's like, She's in the car wiping her tears right now. I mean, this, this is exactly Ben's words, okay? I mean, like, word for word, okay? It was just one of those days, okay? It's a tough day. Now, how many of you know, on that day, I probably didn't feel what I felt that day that we went on that date, correct? Correct? So here's the question, okay? What's the Monday going to look like? Right? Because the next day's coming. And I got to quickly figure out, am I going to be the immature Jeff Workmeister of seven years ago that would have totally lived by my feelings and my emotions and just ignored my wife for like seven days. Right? This is real. Correct? This is like the real of life. What's the next day going to be? Am I going to be driven by my emotions? Why? Because Hosea said what? My people die for a lack of what knowledge? A lack of what? The Holy Spirit. A lack of the Word of God. A lack of making Jesus the foundation of my life. Because if Jesus is the foundation of my life, then he rules over my life. And he rules over what? Everything. Right? Everything. Relationships, marriage, finances, attitudes, how I feel about my job. He rules over everything. So the very next morning, what happens? I'm in the shower. God talks to me in the shower. Anybody else? God talks to you in the shower, okay? I'm in the shower, okay? It's kind of like, it's like my hideaway. You know what I mean? Like nobody bothers me there. I like that, okay? And the water's really hot, you know, and and I'm in the shower, and the Holy Spirit's like, love your wife today. Be good to her today. Now what? My emotions don't feel like that. Correct? My emotions don't feel like, man, yeah, I really want to love Jess today. But he said the worst father's day. 
in history, you know? Holy Spirit's what? He's telling me what? Honor your wife. Love your wife. Let that be gone. Let's move on from that. And then show the next picture. I actually get this from Jess. Her doing the exact same thing. She says this, I'm sorry for dishonoring you yesterday. I know I was wrong. I didn't realize it at the moment, but I'm very sorry that hurt you. Listen, so what happened with less than 24 hours, okay, less than 24 hours, the Holy Spirit talks to her, and the Holy Spirit talks to me, and we both do what? We make choices not to follow our emotions. We make choices to not follow what I feel. We make choices to honor Jesus because he's the foundation of our life and he rules over everything. And we know if we put him first, if we put the Holy Spirit first, he's going to do what? He's going to bless our marriage. So did we have a great week? In the name of Jesus, we did. It was a great week. It could have been an awful week. The enemy could have played havoc all week long. Think about, think about all the moments in your life. And I know that not all of us are married, and I get that. And, and we sometimes feel like, well, I'm not married, so I, I don't understand exactly what you're talking about. Listen, you can do this in anything. You can have a relationship. I think this happens all the time in, in your jobs. You have relationships with people at your, at your job, and, you know, you're upset at somebody. Listen, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Don't let your feelings lead you. Don't let your emotions lead you, okay? Listen, your emotions are a horrible indicator of what God wants to do in your life. Write that down, okay? Put that up somewhere in your house. Your emotions are a horrible indicator. Because why? Because one day what? I feel excited about Jesus and all that he's doing, Amen? The next day I feel what? Oh, man, it's a long day. Listen, we see it week to week. There, listen, there are some Sundays, man, I think, I think the, the roof's going to explode. You just feel the presence of God so much. Why? Because a bunch of you came and you're like, man, I'm just really excited about Jesus. Yeah? And then some Sundays where I'm like, man, can we just kind of wrap this thing up kind of quick and get out of here? You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, what? why? Because we all came in with our feelings. We're like, man, I'm not feeling God today. You know what I mean? I had a cruddy week. A lot going on. A lot of stress, a lot of pressure. I'm not going to give God my best. I'm frustrated. Jose says we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. The heart's deceitful. Not putting the kingdom of God first. So why are successful people successful then? Why are successful people in the kingdom of God successful then? And I truly believe this. I believe it because they have unchanging, unwavering principles. Did you hear that? Unchanging principles, unwavering principles. They know some secret to life, and the secret is this. I can't live 
by my emotions. I can't live by what I feel. Because, you know, the enemy is really good at doing what? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he works in that realm of steal, kill, and destroy in your emotions. And let me validate some things today. Okay? I understand life is not easy. What's that test that I took the other day? Enneagram, right? Enneagram test, okay? Elena, <laughs> she's laughing. Anybody heard of this? It's like a personality test. There's a question in it. And the question was, do you see life as a struggle that you are going to win? And my answer was yes. I was like, yeah. Life's a struggle. There are some tough days. There are some days that you wake up and a curveball comes at your job. Curveball comes in your life. Curveball happens with your kids. Curveball happens in relationships. Curveball happens in your family. And you woke up that day and you had no idea what was going to happen. I remember 13. First day of summer. Man, when you're a 13-year-old, the first day of summer is like, man, I'm going to run around the neighborhood with my clothes off. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it is summertime. I don't know, school. Like, man. And I remember his first day, I'm 13. And I wake up, and I go out into the living room. My grandma is cooking for me because she was an awesome cook. She's cooking breakfast. I came, and I gave her a hug, and I gave her a hug, and I gave her a hug, and she had a stroke in my arms. Like right there. It's just me and her. Thirteen, calling nine one one. Thirteen, riding an ambulance. Thirteen, in a hospital room. Thirteen. But you know what's so cool about God? He's a healer. He's a restorer. And I understand that we all have moments like this in our life where we go, how did that happen? Where did that come from? I don't understand life. I can't, I can't, I don't get this. Why, God, why did this happen? I had to learn young. I can either live by what I feel or I can choose God's plan. And man, that was a tragic moment in my life. And man, would I give anything? I mean, anything to have her back? Yeah, I would. I mean, it would just, I mean, if she was sitting here today, it would just, she'd be super old. I mean, like super old, but I would just be so happy, you know? She was 50, 53 when she died. 53. Got to make choices in life. I, listen, I get it. Life's tough and it's a struggle, but we got to figure out what's going to lead and direct our life. You know, Luke chapter 6, verse 27. If you got a Bible, open up with me. Luke chapter 6. If you don't, have it on, on the screen for you. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 says this. 
But you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. You who are willing to listen. I was thinking about that word willing. And I really believe that willingness with the Lord comes two ways. Number one, it comes because I've come to an understanding that God's truth outweighs what I'm feeling. Have you ever had a moment like that with the Lord where the Lord reveals truth to you and you're like, okay, this truth outweighs what I'm feeling right now. This truth outweighs what culture is telling me right now. And listen, if you are young, if you are young, this is, this is big. This is huge. This is the foundation of your whole existence if you are young. If you are young, you've got to quickly understand. It is either what I feel, right? I remember, I'm so happy for Drew and Carly. They're sitting together right now. I remember when Drew was a freshman, he went to UC, and and. I'm just going to tell what it was. He came to me one day, and he said, hey, he's like, he's like, man, I had a, a really tough moment. He's like, I was in my dorm room, and he's like, I was studying, and he's like, this drunk girl came in my room, and she just had all, just her underwear on, and she wanted to have sex with me. And I was like, yeah, that's a pretty crazy moment, Drew. You know what I mean? Like, this is real. It's real life. He had to make a decision. Am I going to go with what I feel at the moment? Or do I believe that God has better for me? And thank God that Drew believed that he had better for him. Because he did. He had a beautiful woman named Carly that would love Jesus and honor Jesus and honor him. And they're going to get married and they're going to have a beautiful family in Jesus' name. Give it up for Drew, everybody. How awesome is that? So willingness comes, number one, because I believe that what God said, what God said is truth in my life. Willingness comes that way, or willingness comes this way, pain. Can I get an amen from anybody on that? Something's painful long enough, you know? You're like, man, something's got to change. Something's got to give. This relationship, this marriage, this, this, you know, this finance, this whatever. Something's got to change. This is just painful. Again, verse 27. But if you are willing to listen, this is Jesus saying, saying, if you're willing to listen, I say to you, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Verse 37, Jesus said this. Forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others. Then you will not be criticized or judged in return. Don't look at others and pronounce them guilty. And you will not experience guilty accusations yourself. Forgive over and over and over, and you will be forgiven over and over. Verse 38, give generously, generous gifts, and it will be given back to you. Shake down, making room for more. Listen, I think that one of the very first steps of learning not to live by your feelings and your emotions comes out of this foundation that Jesus was building 
in the Beatitudes when he said this. He said, forgive. 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 I want to show this series of pictures. There's, there's two in a row here. Put up the first picture, okay? No, no, next one. The other one, the other one first. Okay, look. So this is, this is Drew and Farah's four little girls. Aren't they beautiful? I mean, they are just gorgeous little girls. I love these little girls. Okay. I, I love this because this, this picture shows us at our core level, right? Look at, look at Ruby, okay? Ruby is looking at Vivian like, who are you, okay? Where did you come from? You have invaded my world. You have taken my mom. What has happened? I was the you know, crown jewel of this family. I was the baby of this family. What is going on? And then the next picture. Look, look she's like, get out of here in Jesus' name. She is like, she's like, I am done. I am done with you. We are getting rid of you, right? Okay. So, why do I show this picture? Because at the core of who we are, this is who we are. And when we get offended, or we get hurt, or something happens, Jesus says this, I want you to love your enemies. I want you to make a choice to love your enemies. I want you to make a choice, because how many of you know that sometimes... Your enemy is your wife. Sometimes your enemy is your husband. Sometimes your enemy is your boss. Sometimes your enemy is your friend. Sometimes it's somebody really close to you. It's a family member, relative. And Jesus goes, hey, I want you to love your enemies. And I want you to learn something. Forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. What is Jesus doing? He's saying, listen, this is the foundation of following me. This is. You want to be a believer? You want to be a follower? You want a relationship with Jesus? He goes, hey, I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to teach you to love and forgive. It's not our nature. And it's certainly not what we feel. And it certainly just doesn't well up inside of us. And it certainly isn't easy. But Jesus says, if you love, my love will abound to you. If you forgive, my forgiveness will abound to you. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Listen, I know in my heart of hearts, that in this room, there's some of us, we need to forgive a spouse. We need to forgive a family member. We need to forgive a relative. We need to forgive a friend. We need to forgive our boss. How many are like, in Jesus' name, I need to forgive my boss? Yeah, I just, some days. Listen, forgiveness is a choice of faith. Can I get an amen? Forgiveness is a choice of faith. 
I'm walking in faith because I'm choosing to forgive. How do we do this? There's these two passages I love. Galatians 2, verse 20, says this. My old self has been crucified with Christ. That's what it means to be a believer. It means that I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe Jesus loved me. So I believe that when I become a believer in Christ Jesus, that I take my old life and I give it to Jesus. I nail it to the cross. Now the trouble is, when we get saved, we're not perfect people yet. How many of you know we're not going to be perfect till we get to heaven? Okay. But there's a process. It's a process of the Holy Spirit working on our lives. And the first step is we go, you know what? Number one, I'm a believer, and I, and I give my old life to Christ Jesus. It goes on to say this. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When I don't want to forgive, when I don't want to love, when I don't want to honor, it's not me, but Christ who lives in me that will step up to the plate if I allow it. If I allow it, Christ will step up and go, you know what? I'll walk in grace. I'll walk in forgiveness. I'll walk in truth. I'll walk in love. I, I will, because Christ lives in me. This is what people are ultimately attracted to. This is what people ultimately go, you know what? There's something different about you. Something different. Want to be around that person. He goes on to say this, So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ gave himself for you before you could give yourself to him. That's why we can love like Christ loved. That's why we can forgive like Christ forgives. Because he said, you know what? I forgive you long before you ever even choose to forgive someone else. It's the grace of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, it says this. But whatever I am now, it's all because God poured out his special favor on me. What's he talking about? What's the special favor that he pours out? It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God that empowers us to be more than we could ever dream, hope, or imagine. It's the grace of God. Goes on to say this. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. I'm going to tell this story and then we're going to finish today. In, uh, in November, me and Jess went away for a couple of days and we were driving to Chicago and, and 
and we heard this like about like murder mystery podcast. Anybody heard about stuff like that before? Okay. So, so we were like, let's check one out. And so we like listened to the first episode and like we were hooked and we were like, at this point, we're like, we're just going to drive around the car in the town just so we can listen to this. Okay. Cause we were so hooked. And the story was about this woman and she met this man and they got married and engaged and, and then, and then he, he ended up murdering uh, a family member. And it was like, I think it was like episode, I think it was episode, oh, he mur- murdered the, uh, the daughter. And I think it was episode seven. And it was the grandmother. Okay? It was the grandmother. And she was talking about her granddaughter, how much she loved her granddaughter, how much she missed her granddaughter. But then it quickly changed and she said, you know what? I go and I see him every year in prison. And I'm like, my ears perked up. I'm like, for what reason? She's like, I go and I see him every year in prison because I want him to know that I forgive him and that God forgives him. that what a story of the grace of God what a story of God's empowerment would you stand up this morning I want to say this this morning some of you are struggling because you feel like you can't feel the love of God Or some of you are struggling in life because you feel like, man, things are just hard, they're tough, and they're arduous, okay? And I want to say this today. There are times that we feel this in life because we haven't forgiven. Listen, when we don't forgive, it's like a barrier. It like separates us from the grace of God. Amen? So I want to give the opportunity today. I want you to close your eyes here. I want to give you the opportunity. I want to give you a moment with the Lord today. I want the Holy Spirit to be able just to search your heart and give you an opportunity just to forgive this morning. I want to give you an opportunity to choose to make your foundation in Christ Jesus and to put him first. To make him number one to make the choice today say if he forgave then I can forgive I can walk in forgiveness and love and grace like he does so allow the Lord to search your heart this morning thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast we'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights check out our Facebook Instagram or website at elevate.city for more information